exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. WDBM East Lansing. Welcome to Impact Exposure. Exposure is 88.9 The Impact's one-hour forum discussing relevant issues affecting the MSU community. And now, tonight's Exposure. Well, it is 7 o'clock, and uh, today is uh, Tuesday, February 6, 2007. Welcome to the Impact 89 FM. I'm Alex Ruciano, and welcome to another awesome edition of Sexposure. Uh, we have an awesome panel here today to talk about a variety of issues. Uh, the overall general topic is going to be healthy sexuality and pimpology. Uh, so why don't we go around right now and uh, introduce uh, everyone who's on the panel uh, here in the room. Uh, I'm Andrew. I'm a health educator at uh, Olin Health Center. Hi, it's Erin from Olin. Hi, it's Evan. Uh, Brendan Micah, a Director of Health and Safety with Residence Hall Association. And this is Dr. D. I'm glad to be here again with a, a, a virgin host, <laughs> a virgin <laughs> host of Sexposure, and we're, we're glad to have you with us, Alex. Well, great. it is true, and it's, it's, it's an honor to be here, and uh, I hear we have a lot of interesting things to be talking about this week. This is a really, really big week uh, in terms of um, sexuality, etc. Uh, what's going on? Depends on who you talk to, whether it's big or not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought I would start off with that. Uh, it is Healthy Sexuality Week, and it's a week where we tend to celebrate... Uh, uh, individual and couple sexuality, and we're going to talk about that tonight. We've got a lot of things to talk about. We have some guests with us tonight, which we had to sign a contract before we went on to make sure we didn't embarrass them. But since it's radio, uh, you won't see whether they're embarrassed or not. But we are glad to be back with uh, on Impact. Uh, uh, it's always a pleasure to have you guys host us when we talk about sex. And unfortunately, you don't get the calls afterwards that we get. Uh, <laughs> but we do appreciate that. So what are we going to talk about tonight, Aaron? Oh, you know, we're just going to talk about sex. Actually, I have to tell you that it is my favorite week of the entire year, Healthy Sexuality Week. Um, it gives me the opportunity to talk with students even more about sex and, and have programs. And lucky for us, RHA gives us money to do some of it. So... So it's a really great week, and it's really fun. We get to partner across campus and, and really, you know, talk with students and get down to some of these issues that people have questions about and, and don't know where to go to ask. Well, you know, you've got you to consider that, too, you know, and I'm not blowing smoke up your collective butts, but <laughs> between Impact and RHA, they're probably two of the more progressive groups on campus that really let us deal with health and safety and sexuality. And, you know, I, Impact took a chance a long time ago when they said, let's do sexposure. And I said, really? Yeah. And, yeah, it's worked out. But <laughs> I, I, I was just going to say, to add to that, I definitely appreciate the shout-out for RHA. But uh, i definitely say it's an equal partnership both ways, and I really appreciate I know we all appreciate the way Olin um, takes those funds and really runs with them and helps the students. It's all about student advocacy, so... Well, we appreciate that as just as so much as you appreciate the funding. So, yeah, and I, I think it's it's uh, there's a lot to be said about the groups, and so we're going to talk a little bit about that. But but we do want you to call in because this is a call-in show, and that number is yes, the uh, number for all of you uh, eager exposure listeners, exposure listeners out there is uh, area code five one seven four three two three eight. Nine three, so four three two three eight nine three, and uh, from what you guys have been saying, just we have a bunch of different organizations getting together, uh, celebrating and having uh, awareness about not only this week but all year round about yeah. different yeah, issues. Definitely. So I, it definitely sounds. And very if you good. do call in, because I know Alex wants 
to hear those questions that are called in. You will get what today? You will get the, the, the special prize pack? Special Aaron slash Casey prize pack. <laughs> <laughs> I get to claim, you know, responsibility. And what will be in that prize yeah, pack? What does consist of? Colored and flavored condoms. Uh, lubrication, which Uh-oh. includes flavored and warming lubrication. So it's really special, very special. I've just seen the first shade of red on Alex when you Good. said that. It's nice. Good, nice. we're warming nice. them up. Nice that's right. We I, also have a whole book. Sexual Etiquette 101 with all kinds of information, pictures, good things in it. Uh, a Douglas J. Massage and Blow Pops. So, I mean, come on. Who can pass up this I, prize pack? I can personally vouch for the lubricant. I had a stash <laughs> from Olin that I had to bring to one of the events for RHA. And actually, is the strawberry kiwi. Uh, it exploded yeah. in my bag. <laughs> so my bag literally smells like strawberry kiwi lubricant to this day. And it, uh-huh. it, it's like, good though. It is. It is. We, I mean, we've heard that a lot. before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I promise, Mom. Just it want was... you to know we have you on tape saying you personally vouch for the lubricant. <laughs> That's why we were not out of context. Shows, so. <laughs> yeah. And you can listen to them. That's you right. Know. You can. Uh, Impact89fm.org. It's our website. You can check that out for um, all of your uh, sex exposure shows for sure. It's a way to go back and relook at it all. But, you know, one of the reasons, uh, Aaron, we, when we first started talking about healthy sexuality, it was about four or five years ago, and we wanted to do something uh, to celebrate the sexuality in general, but sexuality of women. You want to tell us, tell us a little bit more about how it all started? Because you were a student then, weren't you? I was. Way to call me out on I know. That. Okay. <laughs> I was a student. Um, yeah, you know what? It started out with a few of us sitting around the health advocate room talking about how taboo it is for women to really enjoy sex and to be able to talk about it openly on campus and in our communities and whatnot. And so we designed a bunch of programs for women to kind of have an outlet where they could really talk about sex and and what's good about sex and what's good about relationships and all of that. And, and it evolved from ev- events like, you know, Women, Sex, and Music, where you could come in and find out all the resources and and answer questions and talk with women and great, you know, social events to that, to a couples challenge that used to go on where we had couples come on and talk about communication and the differences between, you know, men and women and the not-so-differences between men and women in terms of relationships. And uh, so it's really progressed from that to, you know, now we focus on not just women, but, you know, relationships and, and individuals. You know, I didn't say my... my uh usual type of mantra in the beginning of the show because I get calls from people now and then that listen to the show and they'll come in in the middle of the show and they hear us talking about masturbation or how good sex is or stuff like that and they go, how can you have such a one-sided show? Well, you know, frankly, we are a health education unit. We we deal with education. I don't deal in morality. I don't deal necessarily even the legal aspects. I'm an educator, so we give as much information as possible there, which really kind of gets at what we believe sexuality is all about. Sexuality is everything you are as a male or female, everything you do, everything you wear, everything you think about, you talk about, uh, how you address people. Sexuality is not just about sex. Sex is a small part of it. So if you're out there and you're just turning on, you hear Erin say clitoris. Uh, we're not one-sided. <laughs> she will. We, well, she will. We are a uh, equal opportunity educator here, and we're just uh, today we're just happy to talk about healthy sexuality week. But that was kind of the genesis of it, you know, because there are a lot of things that tend to celebrate male sexuality out there. You know, you look around, you, and and if not, men will be glad to talk to you about their sexuality <laughs> and how celebrated it is. But there's not a lot that really celebrates women's sexuality. So that's one of the reasons why we did this. It's been fairly successful over the years. Absolutely, we get a, a lot of people out to our events. They really 
really enjoy them and, and people look forward to them. And when I remember a couple of years ago when we considered not being able to do Healthy Sexuality Week and there were, were people calling, what's going on? Where are the events? We want to come to them. And, and so we really kind of had to scrape together some stuff at the last minute because we weren't really going to do it. But there was such a strong interest on campus and such a strong pull for it that we knew there was a need. And so we keep it going for that. So it sounds like Evan's carrying the torch you started then with Pimpology. <laughs> he is. Well, it wasn't just me. It was definitely a, a huge collective group. But Evan has definitely been a great addition to, to talking about sex on campus. And it's not, when I say what's good about sex and, and you know, talking about sex, it's not just sex, the act of sex, but sexuality and, and all that that encompasses. Well, you know, and we started talking about real early, you know, uh, on campus when I first came here about how to give people permission to talk about sex and sexuality, because a lot of people would like to talk about it, not in the terms that you hear locker room talk or, you know, radio talk necessarily, but they really want to talk about it. And when we offered the first uh, program on how to increase your sexual satisfaction with women, Back about four years ago, we, we got this room at the Union. We had like you know 25 seats, and, and all of a sudden the place was packed, and we had to find a bigger room and stuff. And it really <laughs> kind of uh, showed us that there are a lot of people out there that really wanted to not not only know how to communicate about sex and sexuality, but how to increase satisfaction out of it. Not not just from sex, but the communication of everything. But uh, so that's kind of the genesis of it. And so the things we have planned for the week are what? Because I know we're going to talk about pimpology too, but what else do we have planned for the well, week? Well, tonight is actually our first night uh, being here on the radio. So we were, were really looking forward to everybody to call in and ask us questions and talk about, you know, sexuality and, and all of that stuff. So we're really encouraging people to call in and start this conversation at the beginning of the week. And uh, as we progress through our events, tomorrow night we have a massage workshop because we know that, you know, the power of touch and massage and connection with, with someone is more than just about, you know, mm -hmm. oral vaginal sex. It's it's about touch. I knew you would get to it within 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oral vaginal sex. Comes oral sex. Um, who who uh, provided for the massage therapy? Yes, RJ. I <laughs> just need a shout out. Yeah. Shameless plug, I'm sorry. RJ. <laughs> We're giving us money to bring in Tina Khan, who is a certified massage therapist, and she's going to help students, you know, guide them through some some guided meditation and teach them how to give and receive a massage and and learn that power of connecting with someone outside of of you know sexual intercourse. So it will be, it will be a very interesting workshop, and it's from seven to nine. And it's at the Union uh, Gold Room B. So come out and join us. Everyone is welcome. Bring a partner. Bring a blanket. Well, you know, the fact that it's Healthy uh, Sexuality Week, I mean, it just happens to coincide with Valentine's, which is next week. And uh, we could talk at length about Valentine's Day and what it means and what it doesn't mean and what it what it does to some people and how it makes some other people not feel good. But if you have, you know, I have a question for next week's column in the state news that I just got that says, uh, what are some, some other things that people can do on Valentine's Day couples that don't necessarily involve sex? So if you have your best intimate type of story that you want to come in, call in and embarrass Alex and tell us uh, <laughs> what that intimate story is that doesn't have to do with sex because you, know, you brought up a good point. The massage Workshop talks about sensuality and to me sensuality is probably almost more important sometimes than the expression of your sexuality. But if you have a good story, call in and we might stick something extra in that gift packet, right? Mm -hmm. you know, maybe an yeah, extra uh, kiwi uh, yeah, strawberry, strawberry kiwi, kiwi yeah. stuff. But, uh, <laughs> Courtesy of Brendan. <laughs> Courtesy of <laughs> I'll, I'll sign it. I'll sign it for you. And Impact, who puts us on the air. Hey, What's well, the phone number 
to call. You know, uh, the phone number is uh, 517-432-3893. It's uh, awesome if you guys have any questions whatsoever. And I, really quick, if I can interject, sure. you guys brought up a really good point because um, I think a lot of people don't realize that uh, sexuality is not is the entire person. It's the essence mm-hmm. of the person. It's, it's, it's who they are. It affects their actions. It affects um, everything, how they, how they think, how they react. So I think that's really important. And, and kind of like how uh, Dr. D brought up, you know, uh, Valentine's Day is coming up. So I, I think it's great that all these events are, are going to be put on. And especially this week, especially, it's a, a huge focus. And it's really good to get that uh, awareness out there. You bet. You bet. You know, there was a, we have this prepared outline that sometimes we go by and sometimes we just kind of throw it out the window. <laughs> but there was a question on this outline that said, you know, we're talking about healthy sexuality. And uh, uh, Casey, who's not here with us tonight, who's in a play, usually with us, she put down a, ask the question, what is health? Because if we're talking about healthy sexuality, most people talk about healthy sexuality as just being free of STIs, uh, not being pregnant, and uh, not being assaulted, and things like that. And to me, I mean, the question begs, what is healthy sexuality? Now, to me personally, you know my my soapbox, which will only be there for 15 seconds, and she's timing me now, <laughs> is that if health is, is not so much being free of, free of uh, diseases or infections or things like that. It's more being free, period. Mm-hmm. Feeling free to make choices that, that you want to make that aren't going to hurt other people or hurt, hurt yourself, but free, having all the knowledge you need to actually make choices with clarity. Because sometimes people feel restricted to make those choices, and I think that's one of the benefits of what RHA does and what Pimpology does is giving them the information. Fifteen seconds. I think during a discussion of sexuality, um, so or far too often the word sex within sexuality uh, certainly just overpowers the argument. And as we can start looking um, at really what revolves around that and what sexuality means, uh, the more it's going to be possible to have. Uh, a really compelling discussion um, about both sexuality and sex as well. Uh, one of the things I have today when we move to the pimpology portion of the show is actual um, statements from real students here at Michigan State University uh, that are currently practicing abstinence. Uh, it's something we incorporate into the pimpology. It's about the relationship show, and it kind of balances out uh, some more uh, fun things like sex positions that we do uh, during that aspect. I walked into your program once right in the middle of sex positions and I'm like, holy, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but the Did back... Did you blush? <laughs> no, not blush. I think Sometimes I, saw a little I think red about, there. okay, yeah. am I going to have a job tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, before we get into uh, pimpology and, and all the things that RHA has, has actually funded and made possible for us to do, I mean, you know, there's a note on my sheet here to say, talk a little bit about the stats. I mean, we know that, there, that people have a lot of misperceptions about sex and sexuality, and I agree with you, Evan, as far as the whenever the sex word comes up, it's like kind of overshadows everything else that, to me, much more important, and it's just a small part of it. But, you know, they come in here thinking everybody has sex with ten partners or more. You know, it's just like Animal House on, on steroids. <laughs> and it's really not true because, you know, you look at the data, and, yeah, we got about 75% of our students in, in the last survey we took who report to be sexually active, you know, and, and once again, even when you use the word abstinence, all these words you have to define because mm-hmm. people define them differently, sex and abstinence and everything else. But we got about 25% of people who do choose not to necessarily express themselves in the ways that we 
we put on this survey such as anal, oral, or vaginal sex. So, you know, we have a whole population out there that does choose to do that. And, and I think that's empowering for some people to know that because they're going, I'm the only virgin on campus. You know, yeah. No, you know, uh, maybe Alex has been, but nobody else. I'm just picking on Alex though, here. But, uh, I, I think very much with RHA, takes the same standpoint that uh, Olin does as far as non-judgmental look on how people choose to express themselves, whether it is through abstinence, whether it is through sexual activity. Our thing or soapbox, if you want to, if I'm going to jump on one, would simply be to, yeah, 15 seconds, would simply be to give them all the information, which is, um, I mean, it's a good partnership in that I think we have the same goals in trying to get um, the student population better, uh, more knowledge on what, what the stats are. And, sure. actu- and actually, if, if I can kind of go off what uh, Brandon was saying really quick, I mean, do you guys feel, I mean, a- I mean, does everyone here feel that not knowing all the facts or all of the stats or all the terms, that's what we're talking about, trying to define terms is, is really important. Um, how do you think that affects people's perception of sexuality in general? I mean, do you think that maybe if, if um, say, getting sexually experienced or having experiences, the main factor that can teach you things, or say someone doesn't know all the facts, I mean, how, how does that affect people's perception on MSU's campus? How does that how does that really uh, break down? I mean, well, one of the things you have to realize uh, as an educator, and with so many uh, educators in this room right now, is that uh, people really are coming from uh, many different walks of life, and that includes uh, an educational knowledge, as you're talking about. Um, and to take that into consideration when we present a program or when when we start a discussion with someone uh, is really key. Absolutely. Well, and I think that that starting off a lot of our programs, we start off with the the learning education opportunity Um, is basically that this is the opportunity for you to take whatever information we give and do with it what you will, Um, whether it's share it with a friend or uh, use it for yourself, you know, whatever it is, because we talk about how do you make abstinence safer? Oh, right. So that's like a huge, I mean, yeah. you know, that's I mean, how do you make it? people don't even would even be thinking right. about. Um, Especially with topics like sex, which are so taboo that people don't ask the questions, so they simply wonder in their own head and they draw their own conclusions and then act on them without the right information, I feel. And we're, we're, we're being polite here. We're being polite <laughs> here. I mean, we were just having our, our uh, usual Tuesday uh, after work hallway conversation about <laughs> sex and sexuality, all of us mm-hmm. over at Owen saying that that as a nation, as a society, we do a piss poor job of teaching sex, communication, or any of those things in 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 K through 12. So, if you if we have problems communicating about how to negotiate sex or sexuality or anything as of that stuff now, all we need to do is look back at at what we didn't get. I mean, nobody tells you how to communicate sure. about how to negotiate sex or how to talk about orientation or about masturbation or any of that stuff. It's just not there. So sometimes you struggle through it. So mm-hmm. having these types of programs at this level, sometimes this is the most anyone ever gets uh, other than the plumbing course you get in fifth or sixth grade, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. If uh, you guys have any questions out there, uh, 432-3893 is the number. Uh, again, welcome to 89FM. This is uh, another awesome edition of uh, Sex Exposure. Uh, can I ask everyone here a question? Uh, also, this is something that uh, was kind of on the agenda to talk about, is um, sexual etiquette. What is this, what is that? How would you define that? Again, we we're talking about how you know terms are really good because if you have a good knowledge of something, it can you know, make you uh, lead to better decisions, etc. I mean, how does that... Sure. Well, sexual sexual etiquette is really about you know uh, communicating with your partner and and defining some of those terms you know for yourself first, and then talking with your partner about what those terms mean, um, and really being understanding of each other in terms of the relationship, the dynamic of it. Okay. I think. 
Well, you know what? Uh, really quick, we're going to break in real quick. Uh, we have a, a caller. Uh, we are going to be getting some more, I assume. Hello, you are on the air, Impact Sex Exposure. How you doing? Good, good. Uh, who am I talking to? This is Joe. Daryl, nice to meet you. Uh, welcome. Thanks for, thanks for calling in. Uh, what kind of questions you got for us? Uh, yeah, I was wondering, how much masturbation is too much masturbation? Uh... Well, you want the serious answer? You want? <laughs> you know what? It's really up to individual. I don't go by. You know, we use a lot of terms when we talk about sexuality. As somebody is over, or under, or too much, or too little. I really think it's up to the individual. If it does not interfere with your daily life, if it does not interfere with the uh, daily living activities you have, and you're not hurting yourself and not hurting anybody else, it's really not for anyone to say what's too much or what's too little. But if it's interfering with you communicating with the outside world or going about your daily life or you're hurting yourself in some way, then there's no one that can tell you it's too much or too little. Mm-hmm. That's basically it. I mean, if you, if you are enjoying yourself or expressing yourself, very, very, very quick story, 30-second story. A long time ago when I lived in the UP, uh, we went to a, a, a nursing home where a young man who was 25 there, uh, the uh, nurse, we had a bunch of professionals with us, and we were doing a staffing of this individual, 25. He had some some retardation. He was in a nursing home, and, and we were all done with him, and one of the nurses said, he, I got a really bad problem with Joe. And he said, I, I, the doctor said, what is it? He said, well, I walked in the other day and I found him masturbating. He said, I want to know what to do. And the nurse really was serious about it. And the doctor looked at him and looked at her and said, you know what? Uh, he has the right to sexually express himself in any way he sees fit as long as he's not hurting anyone. He has the mental capacity to do that. And he's not uh, hurting himself. And by the way, next time you walk into his room, knock on the door. It kind of blew her away. But what he was saying is everybody has a right to sexually express themselves as long as they're not hurting anybody, hurting themselves, no chance of bringing an unwanted child and no chance of passing an STI. So your your question is, uh, uh, what's too much? That's really for you to decide based on what I've told you. All right, cool. Thank you very much. Thanks for calling. Thanks for calling. Yeah. And, you know, that, that actually brings up a really good point, um, you know, in, in terms of uh, it's all perception. I mean, everyone has their own, you know, uh, thing that makes them comfortable, their own, you know, limits, yeah. their own uh, things that, that, that put them into that own comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're actually going to take a quick break right now, but we will be back uh, here on Sexposure uh, on The Impact. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. Smoking Helpline. Yes, I need to start smoking right away. Excuse me? I need to start smoking. Well, actually, it's the Stop Smoking Helpline. The people in the apartment next to mine smoke three packs a day, and it drives me crazy. So I'm thinking four packs will do it. I think you want MySmokeFreeApartment.org. It gives you the information you need to work toward a smoke-free apartment building. A smoke-free building. Without all that, smoking. Uh, yeah, that's right. Make your apartment smoke-free without making a stink. MySmokeFreeApartment.org. When you get up in the morning and turn on the radio, you don't want to hear those other guys talking on your way to work, do you? You don't want to hear talking. You want to hear music. So here at The Impact, we are making you a promise. We're calling it the More Music Morning's 89-second play. We, The Impact, pledge that every weekday morning from 8 to 10 a.m., we will shut up and play music. We pledge that we won't talk for more than 89 seconds at a time, meaning more music all morning long. We pledge that every caller who requests a song between 8 and 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, will be entered to win a great Impact prize. And we pledge that in return for your listening to us, 
we will listen to you and play more music that you want to hear. So tune into the Impact for more music mornings. Let us know what to play, and maybe you could win some cool stuff. Only here on 88.9 The Impact. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Well, welcome back to 89FM. This is uh, WDBM East Lansing. This is Sexposure. Uh, Alex Ruciano here with an awesome panel, and we're talking about a really, really important week. Uh, and again, it's not just this week, uh, but it's 365 days a year where um, talking about and uh, <laughs> sexuality, uh, expressing yourself sexually and uh, knowing all the statistics. We actually just took a caller, and over break, we actually, uh, just a short break we took, uh, we got a caller and uh, wanted us to uh, kind of discuss, see what uh, your thoughts Thoughts were on the uh, vagina monologues. Yes, kind of next week is V week. Yay, being <laughs> the only V in the room, I love V. You assume, right? Okay, uh, yeah, yeah, tests are still out. <laughs> um, I have to tell you that next week is uh, the week in which we talk about women and sex and, and sexual violence and all of that that it encompasses. And Eve Ensler's uh, play, The Vagina Monologues, will be coming to MSU campus, and it's all put on and performed by students, staff, and faculty of MSU community. So when you come out, you're seeing actual community members who have um, basically signed up to put themselves out there, to put themselves on stage and, and talk about these issues around women and violence and sex. And some of them are really funny and really exciting, and, and some of them are really somber and really get at the heart of the issue around power and privilege in women and and all of that. And so um, I really encourage you to, to come out if you can make it out. But it's on Thursday and Friday of next week at 8 p.m. in the auditorium. And you can go to WhartonCenter.com or call Wharton Center for tickets. Another shameless plug on top of that, the same subject, is uh, I'm also working with the Take Back the Night, um, oh. which is a sexual assault uh, awareness day here on campus, which will be in April. So that has a lot to do with um, women's sexual assault and everything taking back the night, literally. So, yeah. And you yourself, Aaron, you're in the vagina monologues. This I year, am, am in I right? the vagina monologues. I was 12 and my mother slapped me. <laughs> Shout out to my group members. <laughs> so come out and see Aaron in the vagina monologues. Yes, and all She's the good. other fabulous women. And so, yeah, definitely. Well, you know, we were, we were talking about people's right to have a sexuality, and, and, and everyone does have that. You know, as a society, we tend to take that away from certain groups and if you think about it we we tend to take it away from people who have disabilities people who have age uh, on their side sometimes we even take it away from children we don't think children have a sexuality but, but everybody does and even if you're abstinent you you can choose to be abstinent you can choose to be celibate but you cannot choose not to have a sexuality so if you think we're just talking about the expression of your sexuality we're not it's such a small part of it but you know we're we're Celebrating the what's good and what's healthy about sexuality, and part of that program is, uh, is well, you know, I wanted to give one out before we go to pimpology. I do want to give one more shout out to RHA because one of the things that RHA had done over the years is, is help fund our condom connections program and our, and our resident rubbers program, which I love that name, resident rubbers. <laughs> <laughs> but we have seen data uh, from the beginning when we did those programs shift. Uh, uh, significantly, where students on campus who are choosing to be sexually active are using condoms even more regularly since we have gone with that program. So it's, it's not often that a health promotion 
uh, program can say that we see effects in that short of a year, but still, I mean, as far as uh, a good thing being done, it probably helped a lot of people avoid some STIs and some unwanted children. Uh, so, feel good about that. But let's 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 talk about pimpology. The name which we brought up in a meeting today, which people said, pimpology. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, when, it, when when Aaron first said that to me, he said pimpology. I said. Wow. <laughs> okay, explain this to me. I know about shock value, but uh, you want to introduce Evan because you, you've known Evan for some time. Evan huh? needs no, no introduction. <laughs> um, no, I will introduce Evan because Evan is a huge part of, of why we continue to have the opportunity to talk about sex because he is part of this movement of students, this, these student activists on campus that aren't afraid. Of of people like administration, those radicals, and, and people saying no, you can't talk about this stuff because you know it's okay to talk about, and you're really empowering students. So, well, thank you, and thank you for the introduction, uh, and uh, certainly a big thank you to Impact eighty nine FM for having us all here today, uh, to RHA and to Olin Health Center, um, all three of which have been uh, just instrumental parts in not only this week but also in the Pimpology program uh, that's coming up. Um, a lot of questions uh, that I receive from students are quite simply, what is pimpology? And pimpology <laughs> is about the relationship, and it's about all different kinds of relationships. It's about the relationship between you and your significant other, um, you and your roommates, you and your friends, and even, and perhaps most importantly, how you understand yourself. That's awesome. That's awesome. So when people ask you, so pimpology... <laughs> what does that well, even mean? Is that is that the spiel you give them, and then they look at you like it? Is, <laughs> <laughs> it is the ology of pimps. It, yeah. That's my definition for it. Does he have a Cadillac? It is, <laughs> is, is there a cane teeth? involved? A fur coat? Yeah, and a always hat. a fur coat. <laughs> campus is very like, you know, pimp. I can't believe you're glorifying pimps. Absolutely. Well, and uh, a lot of, uh, I think, the lack of a discourse um, surrounding sex and sexuality, I think, um, in some cases, um, makes people especially uh, offended by the word pimpology. And there are really uh, two reasons I'd like to get into about why I chose the name pimpology um, and why it kind of stands as a reminder for uh, what we're trying to teach in these uh, in these programs. The first is um, that it's named Pimpology because uh, it's a four-part series at the moment, um, and it goes the catalyst, the hookup, the score, and then the binge and the break. And each of the different sessions uh, is almost a different part of a relationship, and it, as it kind of evolves through and as students return to see the different parts, to work towards their Pimpology degree, which you earn if you go to two of the four programs. Um, it really stands as a reminder that being a pimp or a player is not conducive to the type of um, constructive relationship, one with good communication, um, that's really going to be meaningful, you, meaningful for you uh, here in college and later on in life. So that's the first reason Pimpology is called Pimpology. Uh, the second reason is, quite simply, uh, it, there's a little bit of a hook to it. And it, uh, it just undoubtedly brings students out to programming, educational programming, that would otherwise not be at educational programming. Um, we have these programs at 8 o'clock on Thursday night, and they're there to directly compete 
with a lot of other activities that we all know goes on at 8 o'clock on Thursday night. Uh. And uh, quite simply, no other program that I've seen has been able to do that in this manner. I agree. I agree. And, and we surveyed it this fall how many people you know, found it believable and, and really enjoyed it. Absolutely. I'm glad you said that. We've got some statistics here, actually. So far, we've had uh, shows in both South Complex and in West Circle. And uh, when we put those on, 10% of each complex came out, which is absolutely huge. Um, We're close to, if not already uh, surpassed, over 1,000 MSU students seeing Pimpology over these different sessions. Wow. Um, And some feedback, thanks to Olin Health Center, who runs these. Um, We've got, uh, due to attending, I'm more likely to change some of my behaviors uh, to be more healthy. 70% said that in South Complex, and 87% said that in West Circle. So not only is this bringing students out, but it's really causing them to think about uh, the choices they're making and whether or not their relationships are healthy or not. I mean, when you think about what you offer these students, uh, put it put it in a nutshell for me. What, what do you offer students by doing a program like this? Really, for me, what it comes down to is uh, there's kind of this battle, even in traditional academics, um, between experience versus education. And you can sit someone down in a classroom or a lecture hall and tell them the facts. But the fact is that when it comes to healthy sexuality and sex, there are so many barriers there that even if you have the correct information, as we were talking about earlier in the show, it's really difficult um, to use that information. And one of the things that Pimpology, it's about the relationship, does is it uh, causes students, it kind of brings them out of their comfort zone. And it puts them in activities that are really structured, whether they realize it or not, uh, to be pretty close to real life or situations they would face in real life. And the goal is to get them to face that situation in a very controlled, uh, you know, welcoming setting and uh, allow them, whether or not they make the right decision, to make a decision. Mm -hmm. And it's after that, after they make a decision and gain the information, that they can reflect on it and hopefully... Uh, when it's the time to do it in real life, really make something that's going to make a difference to them. Well, actually, and uh, and of course, what uh, what Evan's been talking about is is really important, and it's bringing people out of their comfort zones. And uh, you know, people who who have questions can uh, can get those answered. And if you have any questions, uh, please call four three two three eight nine three. That is our sex exposure line right now. And in fact, we uh, we have another caller. Uh, thank you so much for calling in. Who's this? Uh, this is Nick. Nick, how are you doing today? I'm pretty good. How about yourself? Doing all right. Uh, what kind of questions you got for the panel? Uh, yeah, my girlfriend's period is constantly late. Like, every month, she's at least 10 to 14 days late. And sometimes it's longer. And I'm just wondering why. Well, there could be a lot of reasons for that. And it's a hard one to answer on the air because I'd have to ask you a lot of questions. And I'm not sure, number one, we have time for. And number two, that you'd want to really t- tell me uh, such things as what birth control is she on, uh, what type of... Uh, you know, uh, practices that she do. There's a lot of things we'd have to ask. Now, I think the best advice in that situation would be basically to come into Olin or uh, see a practitioner because I wouldn't want to comment. Since, I, since I'm not a medical doctor, I really wa- would not want to comment on that uh, uh, too much on you. Aaron, do you want to? Mm-hmm. Well, I would really encourage you that, that anytime something unusual is going on and you have a concern, that uh, you definitely, you know, call Olin Health Center or a provider that you are comfortable with. Um, we do have a 24-hour nurse line that you can call. 
Um, we also have an anonymous question, air, question and answer um, email available on our website where you can send in questions. But anytime you know you're dealing with late periods and, and things like that, um, the sooner you go in to talk with a provider, I think the better answers you can and, and a better outcome you have. Well, let me ask you one question. I, I guess we have time for that. Is, uh, what type of birth control is she using? And I'm not assuming she's sexually active, but is she on any type of birth control? Uh, yes, she is. Uh, can you tell me what type? Uh, I'm actually really not sure. Okay. Because okay. that, that, can, that can alter uh, the time from uh, ovulation to when menstruation happens. A lot of things can alter that. Sometimes hormonal fluctuations, a lot of different things can do that. But really do, uh, I would encourage her to make an appointment come see us. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you for calling. Right. Thanks, Nick. Thank you very much, Nick. And actually, we, have, uh, we do have another caller coming up right now. Hello. Thank you so much for calling. Who's this? Uh, this is Jennifer. How are you doing today? Very well, thank you. Awesome. Uh, what kind of questions you got for uh, the panel today on uh, sex exposure? Well, you mentioned sexual etiquette, and um, something that is of interest to me, I am an out lesbian in the community. Something I think that um, I have noticed and I've talked about with some of my friends and we have noticed is just in, in women in general, um, maybe a lack of, I don't know what I want to say, like... Uh, Women are less likely to be um, as forthcoming with their interests or their desires or what feels good or what feels bad um, earlier in their sexuality like in, and their sexual development. And I was just wondering if anybody could speak to that, like if they think that is um, something societal or, I mean, you know, gender specific if guys feel that way too or we were just we were just curious it's a topic of interest i guess i would say it's a good topic well, <laughs> good question I, I don't know if you caught the first part of the show when we talked about uh, the fact that uh, as a society we really do have an ambivalent and really morally charged relationship with sexuality so we don't do a good job of teaching anybody about giving permission actually when evan was talking i was thinking about that Evan's program actually kind of follows the same prescription that we do for any sexual dysfunction. There's a system out there called the Plicit System where it really stands for, P stands for giving people permission. And a lot of times people don't have permission to talk about it. You know, we had a conversation the other day where we were assuming that only only guys, now, not, not that this is the only thing that happens on this campus, but only guys go to bars to find someone to hook up with. And we were always assuming only guys do that. And one of the, one of the women in the group said, well, excuse me, well, maybe I do too. But see, women don't tend to talk about it as openly. So I don't think you're unusual at all in, in many ways of not uh, talking about it. Because how many parents actually talk to their daughters about sex? Most of them talk to the men. I think the last statistics I saw, I never can say that word, stats I saw, it said that about 30% of parents talk to the men about sex. And usually that is uh, don't bring somebody home pregnant. But very few, less than 5%, talk to their daughters about sex or even give them the perception that it's all right to talk about it. If your parents never talk about it, what makes you think that you're going to find out that it's all right to talk about it? So it's it's really kind of that, in a sense. There, It's not unusual. Uh, and I think programs like Evans and like with RHA sponsors and what we do, we try to say it's all right. You know, one of the first things that we do in any type of sex therapy is give people permission. Permission to, number one, feel pleasure. Number two, talk about how to get pleasure, how to be satisfied, all these different things. And so, uh, you know, it's part of a societal. Mm -hmm. 
in addition, I think we're still battling um, really this idea that it's cool for guys to talk about sex or having sex, and where for women um, there are a lot of different uh, social connotations involved with that. Um, especially with uh, the Pimpology program, we make a point of having a couple um, that is a same-sex couple when we do the sex positions in an attempt to try to start that conversation. And in, mes- in many cases, uh, we're able to do that. Okay, can I ask you a couple questions? Yeah. T- tell me what messages you got about sex when you were young. Um, I, well, I was raised in an all-female household, and so okay. I, I had a... A very open, um, I mean, kind of open for discussion, okay. kind of kind of atmosphere. Um, things were not taboo. It wasn't it wasn't weird to talk about your period or weird to talk about um, you know how your body was feeling. So you're it saying wasn't, it wasn't like, weird to talk, talk about, about those things? No, no, it wasn't at all. It wasn't okay. weird to well, like like you know, oh, go ask your mom, or like you can't be naked because your brothers or your dad running around or anything like that. It was really open. Well, you're lucky. Because most people don't. Usually when I ask that question of a group of students, I get usually two themes. One is sex is bad or sex is dirty. And the other one is, uh, you know, uh, don't do it until you're married. You know, and, and I think about, you think about why we have so many screwed up people. Uh, think about putting that message th- together. What a great message that is. Uh, sex is dirty. Save it for someone you love. <laughs> and that's really the message that a lot of people get. So you wonder why people don't openly talk about sex or don't feel like they have a right to be, you know, to feel uh, good about it or that the right to feel satisfied. It's basically because of that. Huh. Great question. Yes. Cool. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Have a good one. And, uh, you know, if, if I can just kind of, I mean, the kind of general theme I'm getting here is not only, I mean, again, this is uh, February 5th through the 9th. This week specifically is uh, Healthy Sexuality Week. Mm-hmm. And um, kind of the general theme I'm getting, whether it be pimpology, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> By the way, can you get, like, a master's in pimpology? I remember you said you could get a, you can get a, <laughs> well, I remember you said you can get a, so you can I if, if you gave Evan his own show, you could call it Pimpact. <laughs> <laughs> Pimpact 89, yeah. From the future of music, we can call it the future of pimping. That <laughs> But I mean, like the general theme that I'm getting is, is a really, a really healthy and a very positive theme, which is whether it's statistics or you're doing things with pimpology, it, it's getting things out in the open. I mean, that's really the thing is, um, you know, kind of like we're in a radio station right now. We are giving out information. People are calling in, getting information. Um, we're also learning things. And I think that's really important because, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like one of the biggest things, um, you know, for me too, is that you really have to know what's going on i mean if you have any questions there there are people out there who can you know help you find the answers and uh i'm just i'm just really impressed with a week such as this you know where there's such a really good focus for that um you know yeah it's it's really really we tend to say just just think if they taught driver's education like they teach sex education in in a society there'd be a hell of a lot of accidents (laughs) (laughs) there's a hell of a lot of accidents here but i wanted to finish up on the other thing what i think evan's program and some of the other programs do for the society you know we talk about sex therapy i mean the first one is permission the second one is most people all they really need is limited information they need limited information because how are you supposed to make decisions about anything you know if you don't have the information you know some i I've taught a class called uh, uh, Psychology of Human Sexuality for way too many years. It dates me. But in that class, I have all the students in the beginning of the semester write this paper called Who Am I Sexually? It's an anonymous paper that they write, and they say all about their sexuality up to age 18, 19, whatever that is. And notoriously, they write in there about their first sexual experience of not knowing what the hell they were doing. 
because they have very little information and you get involved in something and you really don't know what you're doing. I mean, seriously, I make a joke about trying to drive a car, but just think if we did. You know, like your fifth grade uh, uh, sexuality class where here's the car, here's how it works, don't touch it until you're married. <laughs> Not licensed to, by right. the way. <laughs> education empowers people to make decisions with clarity and, and I think you know and the other part of that implicit system is the last step is SS which is specific suggestions which walking in the middle of Evan's uh, program one time and seeing people actually down on mattresses <laughs> but the fact is he's right the way that people right. learn is is experiential. If you look at Dale's Corner Learning, people, you just talk to them. They don't learn much. But if you actually get involved in doing something and showing people how to do it, they learn a lot more. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I agree. You know, and I think it's, you know, to go back to, to female empowerment, being the only bee in the room, um, <laughs> that it's really important that women find a safe place to talk about that. And for so sometimes, for women, that's in an all female area. And so I think that um, that is one thing that we are missing in Healthy Sexuality Week is that we don't have that female only place where we can all talk um, just as girls. And and I think that men find that a lot. So I am open to anyone out there that is looking for, you know, for a program just for women to talk. You know, let's let's get it going. So give me a call. I, th I think it's important, too, to break the uh, ladylike stereotype yeah. that it's not ladylike to talk about, you know, sexual experiences or sexual questions even. So Absolutely. I feel like all this is trying to break that stereotype along with many others, among many others. Exactly. And uh, speaking of questions, we actually have uh, another caller here. This is uh, Impact Exposure. Thank you so much for calling. Who's this? Hello? Hello? How you doing? Am I on? Yes, you, yes, you are. Welcome to Impact Exposure. You're on the air live. How are you? How are you doing? I'm doing just great. Uh, <laughs> who, who are we talking to? Jordan Meerdink. Okay, uh, well, you got any questions uh, for yeah, the panel? Yeah, actually, I have two, two questions. Okay. First one is, how many percent of people, actually girls, have STDs on campus? Okay, this is like on MSU's campus or on college campuses or? How about just MSU's campus? Just MSU's campus, uh, okay. I love this question because I just have to put this out there, that, that men come into sessions all the time and they want to know specifically. <laughs> well, what are my chances? You have a map of where they live. <laughs> getting to, I, mean, I need to know if I have a lineup of five girls in front of me, which one am I going to get an STD from? And you know what? A statistics are statistics. Well, I mean, yeah. You know, Aaron's right, you know, and it is a question, and before I answer your question, which I'll answer, I'll honor that, I want to go back to what Evan was saying, is that, you know, we look at sexuality from what we call an erotophobic perspective. Everything's negative about sex. The first thing that sometimes people talk about is how to avoid STDs, how to avoid pregnancy. All these things are important, but we really try to talk about sex from an erotophilia position, which is really the positive aspect of sex. You know... STIs, sexually transmitted infections, are logical consequences of certain behaviors. It's the same as saying that if you drive a car, you know, you, you, when you look, go to buy a car and you say, well, will, will that car get me into an accident? Will that car get me into an accident? If you do certain behaviors driving a car, the logical consequence is you might crash. If you do certain behaviors while having sex, the logical consequence is you, you might get an STI. So it's really not so important about the prevalence of STIs out there as it is about your own behaviors, okay. what you're going to do and what you're not going to 
to do. Now, when you're talking about STIs, it's really hard to get, really hard to judge what percentage of people, and I won't single out women here, what percentage of people who have STIs. And we call them STIs, by the way, because most of them are infections, they're not diseases. So that's just that's just society's way of saying if you get one of these, you're diseased. There really are infections. So if you're talking about that, the most prevalent STIs on probably this campus are probably HPV and probably uh, HSV, herpes, and, and human papillomavirus. But even there, uh, you know, human papillomavirus, which most people believe is a disease and you have it for life, is very transitory. Even if you have a, a HPV, most women and most men who have HPV it will go through the system. But, you know, most doctors won't tell you that. So what percentage out there? I don't know. I think maybe a better question is uh, what percentage of people out there actually know what they're doing when they decide to have sex? All That's right. probably a better question. But let's, let's go to your next question. All right. I'm sorry. Well, basically what you just said is pick a safe partner, and I totally agree with that. My next question was... Well, be- let me stop you, though. Actually, pick a knowledgeable partner. A knowledgeable partner. Pick, pick somebody that, that really knows how to communicate because the truest form of intimacy is communication. It's not sex. It's all about communication. So pick somebody that you can you look in the eyes and you say, honestly, you can say, hey, well, you know, uh, let's talk about life. Let's talk about the pursuit of happiness. And then maybe let's talk about sex. And if they go, duh, then maybe you just shouldn't be there. <laughs> I, I agree. And that kind of leads into my next question, which, like, is basically... If you don't lo- if you don't use it, do you lose it? Well, it depends on what you're trying to lose. I mean, <laughs> what what do you mean by that? Do you lose the ability to have to have sex or get an erection or have desire or what do you mean? I mean, a lot of these these phrases out there are Oh, I can't say that. I almost did it. Uh, Our bull blank. Uh, <laughs> they really don't make much sense. I mean, the, some studies out there say that, uh, you know, I have, I know 80 and 90 year old men and women who would uh, blow you out of the room with their sexual escapades because they, they have great <laughs> sex. But do you really want to think about your grandmother, grandmother, <laughs> father having sex? Nobody, nobody wants to do it. Oh, but, but now it, we are. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But it Thank is you. one it's of those. Okay. But well, but it's one of those populations that we make asexual without their consent because yeah. think because they're they're old that they shouldn't enjoy it. But really, you know, it's really about desire and motivation than it is about uh, whether the actual the, the the parts work or not. So you don't really lose it uh, if you don't use it. No. Okay. No. Like that. I mean, cause sometimes I get worried about it. I mean, if I don't use it, I get like a little distraught. You know. Well, but but once again, there it depends what you mean by use it. I mean, you know, uh, Jocelyn Elders got fired uh, ten years ago for talking about uh, encouraging masturbations in the school system. So uh, I don't want to be uh, after her and get fired for doing that. But you can also talk about how to explore yourself sexually because that's probably the truest form of finding pleasure is is, is uh, working with yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thanks again. Okay, well, thank you so much for uh, for calling. Thanks for calling. All right. Take care. You too. Bye. And uh, actually, Doctor D, you brought up a really good point because that's that's kind of one of the one of the main things is uh, you said that the truest form of intimacy is communication, and that's what this is about. It's mm-hmm. it, it's about not. And I guess you know we've been kind of you know a lot of the things we've been talking about you know like with statistics and things like that, and even callers calling up. Well, give me the hard facts, but really, it just depends on your own 
personal from what it's from what it's sounding like to me it depends on your own personal behavior i mean every you know statistics are a dime a dozen and i mean you know five out of four people have problems with statistics <laughs> or something like that as we call them sadistics but sadistics make, make a good point because yeah. uh andrew aaron evan brandon they, they what they all do is they start the dialogue they start the conversation they're out there talking about just look at these questions we got here I mean, Evan, if I was to ask you, the people who have come up to you afterwards or emailed you or during, during the uh, course of your program, the types of questions you get and the people who, who shake their head, you're watching nonverbals when you're doing your program, they go, man, I really want to ask a question. I mean, these questions, even though we might have thought, you know, how can you ask what, how much too much masturbation is or uh, lose, use it, lose it? These are questions people have all the time. Yeah, sure. I have thousands sure. of questions I've got from people I go, are you kidding? Yeah. Then I go, no, he's not. No, no she's not. <laughs> but, but sometimes people are too afraid to ask. And that's, Definitely. Yeah. And let me say that it's uh, one uh, huge reason why I'm so glad to be working with Olin Health Center on these issues and to have them at uh, the Pimpology events. One of the things I think this leads really well into um, is uh, I'll pick a statement uh, about someone who's currently practicing abstinence on campus. We've been talking a lot about sex, um, but as we said before, your sexuality definitely transcends um, whether or not you are currently having sex. Uh, I'm, I've got a couple statements in front of me. Uh, in Pimpology, one of the things we do prior to the sex positions is a piece on abstinence. And in the past, I've had um, students currently practicing abstinence um, come and say why, five or six students. Um, this program, the special edition for the Brody Complex, I'm going to have um, statements from these students um, already written out, and then students from the crowd can stand up and volunteer to read them. Um, and I've got one, and this is from Michael, who's an actual student here at Michigan State. Um, and he said that, Sex means so many things to so many different people that unless you've talked about how it fits into your relationship, it can, it can really make things difficult. While sex is an extremely intimate experience, in my opinion, the most intimate, the most important intimate experience comes with understanding who my significant other really is. In the end, although I don't necessarily, I'm planning, uh, I don't necessarily plan on waiting until I'm married, I see sex as a way of expressing how much you love each other, not a way of finding out. Well, that's a really, really good quote. I mean, that's that's really much what it is. It's something's there, and you're expressing it. It's not like you know, there's it's something to be found. There's there's just like you said, people are walking around campus. They have these questions. All, all the stuff's already there, whether it be questions or answers. The question is, you know, getting them together. How can you do that? And that's what's so important. I definitely think sexuality is such a subjective thing. It's different from different people. It's just you know how you feel in your own skin is really what it comes down to. So. Right. I think it's a great quote. Shows the other side of it for sure. And how well you understand your your partner's skin, right. so to speak. Um, I'm an HIV counselor at Olin, and and we're always talking about what ways people can reduce their risk because it's part of the, the pre counseling session before we actually do the test. And one of the things that I always um, talk to them about, and it's something that people rarely because they write down a list of things that they think they could do to reduce their risk before they come in and talk to us. And one of the things they rarely see is actually just communicating with the partner. And I think that that's one of the most important uh, points to, to get across to people because the more you communicate with your partner, uh, the more you know about their past history, about where they've been and, and what they want. And, and, and you can tell them the same about yourself. And I think that's an important, a very important part of any relationship. For sure. 
Well, actually, uh, you know, this is this has been awesome, and of course, uh, we actually have time. We have about five more minutes left. We have time for one more caller. Um, so why don't we put them on the air real quick? Uh, hello, you are live on the air. This is Impact Sex Exposure. How you doing? Hi, hi, my name is Marcy. Marcy, how are you doing? I'm good. All right. Uh, you got any questions for our panel today? Yeah, I have a question. Do you think that like female fantasies are still a taboo subject versus like male fantasies? Fantasies, like we see in the media everywhere, but like. Well, I, I think fantasies in general uh, for many people are taboo. I think that uh, uh, men tend to be a little bit more vocal about fantasies when they when they, it's more bravado and, and they, they want to talk about it. But yeah, I think fantasies are very healthy. Fantasies are a way of exploring things and ways of maneuvering, your, maneuvering yourself through this whole maze we call sexuality sometimes. I think they're very healthy. I mean, you know, there are some that are destructive at times, and, and that's, a, that's a whole different show. Uh, but I think fantasies are extremely healthy. And, you know, it's one of those things, it's one of those taboo areas where people say, you know, if you have fantasies in a relationship, uh, uh, they're not healthy. If you have fantasies... Uh, that are about certain other people that are not healthy. I mean, they're fantasies. Let's call them what they are. People have very uh, uh, exploratory minds, and I, I think that they're fairly healthy. If you feel they're, they're troublesome to your daily living activities or they're causing your problems, that's when you should get some help. Okay, thanks. No problem at all. Hope hope that helped. Uh, and thank you so much for listening. We definitely appreciate it. I know we want to get to a couple other things that are happening next week, so uh, let's talk about those in the last couple minutes. Well, real quick, um, I just want to recap. You know, this is Healthy Sexuality Week all week long, and, and obviously, you know, we don't want to just stop at the end of this week and, and quit talking about sex. So, <laughs> you know, every day, let's talk about it. Um, it's Healthy Sexuality Year. Yeah. yeah. That's absolutely. right. 365. You can just it call is. Aaron's cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> we will give that number out later. Um, no, but, we won't. <laughs> <laughs> but tonight, you know, is, is basically the kickoff for Healthy Sexuality Week, and uh, thank you to Impact 89 for hosting us. And then, uh, Tomorrow night, Tina Khan will be teaching a massage therapy workshop, um, how to give and receive a massage, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., Gold Room B at the Union. Uh, and then Thursday night... Pimpology! Yes. <laughs> it's a special edition Pimpology. It's about the relationship session, just in time for Valentine's Day. This Thursday, February 8th at 8 p.m. in the Brody Complex Multipurpose Room C and D. Well, you know, I think it's it's fair to say that uh, uh, both RHA and, and Res Life and Especially Impact are promoting what we think are positive sexuality. I really do want to give a shout because RHA funds a lot of different programs that have to do with sexuality that, that we support, and, and, and I appreciate that. That's funny. I do want to say one thing about next week, though, that it is Valentine's Day, and it is a time for people to, to uh, you know, uh, talk about relationships and stuff. But remember, there are a lot of people who are not in relationships, who choose not to be in relationships, or who have uh, gotten over relationships. So there are some folks that it's a tough week for, and we, we, can't, uh, we can't forget that. Uh, but uh, we do encourage you that if you are having any trouble with that, give the counseling center a call or give us a call. And we'll we'll talk with you about that. Uh, uh, we support uh, uh, all aspects of relationships, and the best relationship sometimes you can have is with yourself. So uh, enjoy the week, and uh, uh, we're looking forward to seeing you at one of our programs next week.
Absolutely. And, you know, just a quick reminder that we are from Olin Health Center, an RHA. Um, and so if you do have questions specifically about sex exposure and some of the topics we talked about tonight, um, to go to olin.msu.edu, uh, look up either myself, Erin Williston, or, or Dr. Martel, and, uh, and we can point you in the right direction, whether it's, you know, getting in contact with Evan or RHA or the Counseling Center. Um, if for whatever reason you can't find those resources, don't hesitate to call because we can point you in the right direction. That's our job. And even though we didn't get a lot of calls on sensuous things you can do that don't involve sexuality, there's a ton of them. You email us and we'll let you know. I mean, you know, uh, uh, music. You know, uh, my favorite program is next, the Progressive Torch and Twang. And I always love to give a plug to those guys because <laughs> I'm from the UP and I grew up playing an accordion and I love Torch and Twang music. So, so and, and, but music and there's a sensuous massage, which you can learn uh, tomorrow night. You know, the two of the most sensuous things uh, you can do are, are are using uh, your 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 body and uh, and your sense of smell. They're very sensuous things. So there's a lot of things you can do with them. We got a list of a hundred different mm -hmm. sensuous things you can do that don't include uh, sexual activity. So give us a call. And uh, just from uh, from all of us and, and, and the listeners and callers of the impact, thank you so much, each and every one of you, for uh, for coming out tonight. Uh, Progressive Torch and Twang is coming up right next, and uh, stay tuned right here on 89 FM. Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact.